Hey, this is Feeney with a bonus on the road podcast. I was blessed to join a Zoom call with about 20 no place left practitioners regarding the current Corona crisis. There's two questions that we asked. What are you doing for ministry? And how are you multiplying that out? We have a tendency in times of chaos to hunker down, but the call to pursue movements of disciples and churches to see no place left where Jesus isn't known That means that we still chase multiplication even in uncertain times. And maybe we have a better opportunity to do that because of the uncertainty. If you have any questions or comments, like usual, you can reach me at 321-209-3899. Let's get to it. Okay, so the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to break down in groups of four, and you're going to take a five minutes to share what you are doing as far as ministry is concerned. And then we're going to bring you all back. And if you heard something that the entire group needs to hear, we'll do that debrief at the end of this next 20 minutes. So what, what are you seeing there? Uh, what have you guys done transition? What's doing well? We just moved our, church to be at our house on the Zoom. Uh, I mean, some some people didn't show up, but the more committed ones did. I think it's been really, I, I think uh, everything's going to work out good. So, um, I don't have, a, I don't, uh, from our church that we plant, we don't have a lot of multiplication, so we don't. What about you, Steve? Well, same thing. Uh, the church that meets in our home went uh, to Zoom online. All the other churches that we coach and then go out of that, we didn't make a mandate, but uh, we, we did offer that like, hey, consider this. And then it was really easy to point to Chuck's videos online to have them coach on Zoom. We've got about three different flavors. Uh, we've got some people with pro accounts, uh, which makes it easier to break up in groups for some of the larger ones. Um uh-huh. We've got some people using the free account, and I love the creativity. They're using uh, that it only lasts 45 minutes, so they do a third, a third, a third. And so when it comes to the 45-minute mark, they're like, okay, it ends this third. Everybody log off and log back on. We're going to do the next third. <laughs> oh, my. Those are long churches. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's our, They've gotten longer. Uh, uh, we've seen that, like the hangout time, and like we're uh, – we took a cue from Chuck and say, hey, log on early. Well, we started people down here in South Florida. They're really relational. So like we had to tell them log in 30 minutes early and let's get all the chit chat out of the way. Let's hang out, see each other's face. And like they were eager to do it. Normally Latino Caribbean time. We're 30 minutes late. They're showing up 30 minutes early for zoom. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that's been good. We're going to do – we've been doing small trainings. We're going to try our first gospel conversation training this weekend. We're going to try a full one but shorter, and then we're going to try two others that are like half and half for time. So we're, we've basically cleared our training schedule. We had like a training every week with different groups. So it's uh-huh. helped with our swarm training because we can now – nobody's limited by geography. We could just get them all on – and uh, do the swarm training, but we're just experimenting with that. And especially with uh, during the time of reps for like 15 second story and gospel, we're using that as a, like a slash harvest time. 
go ahead and take your 15 second story and post it on your social media. Uh, go ahead and look at your Oikos and pray over it. And let's pick one person. Who can you contact today uh, and share the gospel with? Uh, we've got three or four disciples that are just championing that. And man, they just, we've just got story after story of people like, Hey, uh, I've got one guy that uh, he's a little bit older and he's like, listen, I got a whole bunch of people that I've been meaning to catch up with. Now's a great time to get those people you've been meaning to catch up with. And uh, they're ripe for the gospel. Uh, we've got one guy, he was like crafting a text uh, and he, he didn't quite like, he was trying to figure out the right warning. He was feeling a little awkward and he accidentally hit send while he was crafting the text. He's like, Oh no. And he's all panicked. And immediately uh, the people he texted, texted back and were like, yeah, we'd love to get together, bro. Come on, win. Yeah. And so they're like this openness and eagerness. Um, and we're hearing a lot of people that have tried to transition back home to work that um, they actually have more time. So like before in their office, they're always getting disturbed and everything. They're like, I'm walking around, fixing my coffee. Like I could fit in and like, I'm, I'm looking for extra things to do. So, uh, our accountability groups, like our bro accountability, I'm, I'm actually supposed to be on one right now, but they're, they're showing me a little grace. Um, I told them I'd be really accountable when I got back, but yeah, the guys were like, Hey, why don't we just, we can be meeting at three because we're, we're not really technically doing anything. Um, so let's do our bro accountability early and not wait till the end of the night. So we're seeing all those things meeting more often. People seem like they're eager. And uh, we're encouraging everyone, and we, we have had this difficulty. We've got some passionate zeal for seed sowers that uh -huh. in their zeal to go share the gospel face-to-face, -face, they, they've really ended up shaming other people, like if they're not able to go out. Uh -huh. And we've had to speak against that, and it's come across as, oh, you're just not passionate enough. And I'm really grateful, like, hey, man, as for zeal, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you uh, like you just quoted the brutal facts to me. I, 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 I kind of taught you those. So um, let's, let's put things in check. We're really, really zealful, but in light of the effect of spreading this, yeah. uh, it only seems wise. Let's leverage sharing the gospel. Let's keep making, you know, sharing the gospel, making disciples. Let's just use the new tool. Let's not be so hung up on what we've done that we can't do a new thing. Yeah. Um, so that's where we've been. That is good. Jeff, anything else to add? Man, I love that picture. That's really encouraging, Scuba. I am seeing like a, a huge openness in uh, some of the networks that we're tied into in the Rio Grande Valley that have not seen uh, multiplication suddenly be thrown into a lot of chaos. Mm. And so um, there's a church planning network that's, that's asked me to sit in with them. They're, they're, they're exploring things about how to do stuff on Zoom. And uh, they're open to starting to trend. I'm trying to see if we can influence them to start transitioning all these guys to using Zoom, but using the three-thirds process. Because I know that the change in the container doesn't necessarily uh, mean much. Um, yeah. And so uh, there, there's guys like Chad Mason that have some really interesting perspective, Chuck. He believes that uh, – just based on finances and stuff that's happening right now in the legacy churches, he doesn't believe that things are going to go back to normal. He thinks that we're in a new normal that we don't recognize yet. Wow. Um, and so I think uh, it's just really interesting to see guys that are, that are doing more legacy ministry to suddenly 
uh, be forced into a different model. And I think that I'm asking Jesus to help us to approach it with humility and, uh, and, and, uh, but at the same time, asking him to give us favor with these guys to see, and just to explain like, Hey, I'm pretty sure you can do this better than I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just here to be a bad example. I'm, you guys could kill it if you guys would um, start training people and using your deep relational networks and your influence that God's given you in this region to multiply disciples and churches. So there's about, there's about uh, three uh, networks that I can think of off the top of my head that I've been in contact with in the past week, just in my region. So um, some of them are really fruitful already with a lot of second generation churches. So we'll see what happens. Crazy. Cool. Well, I think you guys know what I've been doing. I've been training people on Zoom like nobody's business, you know, just, and I really feel like, like we're a special operations unit in the Army, and we have been specifically trained for this kind of warfare, and now the war has broke out, you know, carpe diem. And uh, the, the other thing that's really cool about this, remember the Methodist circuit riders where mm-hmm. they, you know, they had to multiply the groups because there weren't enough clergy to go around. But these guys would ride the circuit into these uh, new churches that they were planting in the Midwest. And so the leader was only showing up like once a month. Well, somebody else was leading that church three Sundays out of the month and it developed leaders, but the circuit rider got to touch base with all those new leaders. And so I sat in on Jeff's church on Sunday. And so the time to maul and wham people are leaders. Man, mm. this is a golden opportunity to just sit in and listen and give feedback, or and most important, encourage. You know, mm. so uh, I think that's been very cool. One of the things that I'm seeing as well is uh, stories of hope. People just telling the story and putting it on Facebook. You know, I've mm. seen a bunch of those now. Um, I think uh, we need to challenge people to do their 15-second, one-minute or two-minute testimony, put it on social media, because that's starting to pick up exponentially. There are 62 online groups, according to Facebook. I know there's more than that, but they're multiplying, so that's cool. And then I wanted to share one more thing. Um, I can't remember. But, uh, oh, the other thing is we as leaders, we're kind of, we're in no man's land, you know. Who's been here before, you know. And so all of a sudden there's a real need for all of us as leaders to encourage one another. And just the attendance today proves that. So uh, we'll have to figure out what sustainability looks like. But 
what a golden opportunity for leaders to encourage one another. I can definitely affirm that we did a call out. We started first locally with Miami-Dade County, and it's hard to get all of them on a Zoom. Boom, all on a Zoom. We did a call out. We did a call out for No Place Left Florida and say, "Hey, we just want to learn from each other and encourage one another." Every like everybody cleared their calendar within two days. It was on that call. Yeah, and they were like, "We need to do this more often." I'm like, "I've been trying to get you guys all in the same place for years." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but praise God, that is awesome. Yeah. So, Jeff, from a military perspective, is there anything that we learn in the Army that we really need to employ here during this time? From the principles of war? Yeah, or principles of leadership that we need. I think uh, to seize the initiative is one that I that I really think, um, I don't know how long this will last, but we've got to capitalize on an opening and uh, move in with mass at the point of, uh, of, uh, of action, seize the high ground. I think Zoom's the high ground, using social media, um, approaching stuff with, with humility, but at the same time, we do have some expertise on how to operate in, these, in this environment. We're not men of peace, we're men of war, and we enjoy and thrive in chaos. Yeah, I think that that's really wise. And uh, I, I've heard for, from from others that they're a little dissuaded by these pastors who were suddenly who were against them, who are now calling them, begging them for help and, and just encouraging. Them, Let's, listen, man, put all that aside for the sake of the kingdom. Just come in and, and do what you do. I have found a real freedom. Uh, I'm a less apologetic. No, I do what I do. It takes this amount of time. You can't microwave this. I know you want to shorten the process, but this is what it takes. And I can speak with authority and confidence and it's received. Like, okay, whatever he says, that's what we're going to do. I'm like, okay. I also have to be careful because now my mistakes may amplify. (laughs) That's right. So what did you hear from somebody else that you think would be important to share with all these fellow leaders. This is John Williams. I'll share about Jim McKnight. Uh, one of the things Jim uh, uh, said, because they had already built all their churches in small settings and homes, uh, and his his family's already homeschooling, uh, when tragedy came, business became just as business as normal. Uh, the passion was still there to share the gospel. Uh, the groups were still meeting uh, in homes or online, uh, and the restrictions uh, didn't really affect ministry. So that tells us that when we train and equip, disaster happens. We're actually equipping people uh, for the long term. Uh, Puck was saying that this is really forced uh, just to focus on Oikos and on 139. Yeah, Kyle made a comment about how three-thirds is just so well-built uh, for a Zoom setting so that it, it just translates well. You know, we do it in person naturally and normally, um, but it's not, it's not nearly that hard to shift over to, uh, to a video chat. So we're able to reproduce it pretty quickly with people, even if we can't be together in person. Prib was talking about the importance of uh, with your wife, with your kids, with the people you're leading, uh, just to um, adjust expectations in this season. 
yeah. clarify them. Dawn and I were talking just about that legacy versus movement um, balance and just how important the release of authority and responsibility has been in just trying to keep that moving. Yeah. Chris talked about um, seizing this opportunity to really push out A-teams. And so one of the things that um, he is beginning to focus on there in Houston. Ryan, this is so good, man. This is so good. Yeah, Ryan had a great, some great ideas about just engaging, how to engage creatively with his neighbors. So using the Nextdoor app to ask if anybody needs prayer, um, having a, an outdoor movie night, but everybody stays six feet apart. So, so just creative ways to, to keep engaging um, where people really need, need that right now. But there's, you know, not very many options. So doing Zoom, he's doing a Zoom DBS with his Mormon neighbor. So really cool things that Ryan's doing. One of the things Deb brought up, we're going to take a whiteboard with a tripod and set it in our driveway and write a verse every day. And then a little personal note, like we love you, we're praying for you, whatever, and change it every day. People walk in front of our house all day long now. So, um, Joe Lean was just pointing out there's such an openness right now with people. Um, and uh, she's doing a Zoom um, talent show with all the kids from the neighborhood uh, just to warm people up to the idea of meeting over Zoom um, with their families. Great idea. Good. Tim out in California was sharing that they, uh, one of their partners, had um, passed out some little sheets of paper that just said, hey, if you need bread or toilet paper or need somebody to run to the store for you, then, you know, they'd be willing to do that. Text me or here's my number. Um, it's a simple thing, but it's a way to serve, maybe connect with people, season that initiative. So we're saying they're finding a real openness right now, too, with those spiritual conversations. It's exciting. The next question is, okay, what do we need to do to multiply? That's, we got to, I'm calling this, keep our eye on the ball. If we just get down in the, the weeds, uh, we're going to do what we've always done, but we want to multiply. So that's the question. What do we need to do to multiply what we're doing? Dude, what do we need to do different? And be gentle because you know I'm nostalgic. Let me just uh, share uh, one thing that is helping to get to multiply is that in all the groups that we have, what we did is we moved back to to do stories of hope right now. Uh, and that way we said what the story we just did go do with three people. It could be your family, but help them get over the fear factor of starting. Mm. Uh, and with some some groups like college student group, uh, that haven't started a group, we said, we'll, we got them leading now. We said, invite now three people to the Zoom and we'll just be uh, coaching from the background. We'll be a part, but you guys lead it. Yeah, I think for, uh, <clears throat> for me and, and, and Puck hit on it earlier, but, uh, you know, just really pressing in on the, on the 139 and then helping my 139 with, with the groups that they've, started or the leaders that they're they're pouring into really help them take advantage of 
a Zoom because a lot of these guys have never used Zoom before. They've never had to. And so it's really just helping them, hey, this is how you do this effectively through video chat. And and some of the guys that have done it, they're, they're going, man, where where has this been? And so it's just like opened their eyes to this whole new world of like effectiveness. So um, that's been cool. It's been cool to watch. Yeah, go ahead. Philip, what was your question for what was your question for JT? Oh, I was just going to ask JT what um, like what's the biggest challenge right now uh, in the midst of that, or the biggest challenge you foresee even in the next week or two? Um, for us, I think the challenges we're working on is. I need to sit down or, or get a Zoom call with these 20 leaders and make sure that we're really actually multiplying health. And yeah. so, you know, I'm just very, maybe that's the controlling part of me, but I feel like we have to find a way to envision them and empower them, but also empower them into health and not just, oh, we're all meeting. And so yeah. hopefully tonight we're going to get all 20 of us and, um, on a zoom call and we can say, Hey, how's it going? Do some troubleshooting, go to the scriptures, but also say, Hey, let's have a common vision. So when this crisis is over, anybody could settle anywhere and have this simple tools, uh, you know, the same strategy uh, that it's multiplying. And we didn't just do an experiment for a while. I think one of the things I've been processing and trying to help one of the, the Timothy's that I'm mentoring process is that we're still, engaging oikos and trying to filter down to the faithful few that's still the name of the game and so one of the guys i'm uh i'm working with mentoring he's on he's a resident hall director on the university campus here and there's still 200 students on campus out of 15,000 uh, living in the dorms and so we were just uh, strategizing there's this extra level of contextualizing how do you connect digitally and saying like Maybe you don't, you don't force people onto Zoom, these students who have no idea what Zoom is, but instead Instagram has the same functionality where you can get in an Instagram chat and then everybody gets on a video call. You can cause that everybody jump on a video call. And so uh, he had the idea of just connecting with students and giving, inviting them into that group and then just how is everything going? How are you guys doing? And have just kind of a general call and at the end, invite them into deeper who would like to you know i i feel this anxiety right now i feel this fear for me it was jesus that i met jesus who would like to come in and learn more about how to follow jesus and making kind of a next level uh call from that weight cost development to um a, a, a group out of that um that was one of my concerns what we're going to do about really engaging people with the gospel but therefore in, innovating with the gospel i think is going to be real helpful yeah, just with the, the very natural limitations of, so like for a lot of our teams, they're just really strong in the harvest. Um, you know, so house to house, neighborhoods, estates, towns, um, you know, and most of it, we're not city dwellers. Um, most of us, we're living in small towns of 20, 30,000, you know, so there, uh, you, you could easily know a lot of people. Um, you know, they're not particularly transient communities. So it was just that concern of if that's really our push into the harvest with the gospel, just how now that we've got to back away, we've got to lock down and be in our homes, you know, how do we ensure generous gospel saying, yeah, in that context? I mean, it's to get 
very good thing. I mean, there's a season, you know. I mean, I grew up in a, in, I grew up in an urban environment, and for over a decade, I've been living in a rural place, you know. And so I've learned so much about seasons that I, you know I, I still can't grow anything. But I mean, there is a se- season for abundant sowing, and there's a season for abundant harvesting and growing. And uh, I don't know what it is. Like personally, for my wife and I, reason of disengaging and just growing our family and working with those individuals that I mentioned, you know, just like the one, three, nine. And so I don't know, maybe it's something for you and your team to pray about. Um, but like, who are the one and the three that you? Are? Tell us, Sean, how are you multiplying? We're we're figuring that out. Um, so I'm I'm on staff right now at a, a legacy church. Um, uh, newish to the movement's world, uh, hanging out uh, some with Troy Cooper and his team down in Long Beach. Um, and I've been, I'm on staff at a church, but as a sort of a church planter and being looking to be sent out this fall. And so we've got a group that's been, we've been building a team that's been meeting on Monday nights that we've been starting to, to train and, and looking to multiply there. I feel like the first week, just from a legacy church perspective, was really about um, care. Um, making sure needs are being met and that people aren't freaking out um, and that we're able to minister to people where they're at. And then I feel like last night as we met, we started, started to turn a corner. Now it's like once the dust is settling a little bit, although, you know, more I'm sure is to come. Um, but as the dust begins to settle, we were looking at, we just went back to the great commission um, and trying to remind people of one who's on the throne and who's with you always. And so just the, the, the two promises that, that bookend the Great Commission, and then, then what are we still called to go do, that despite the circumstances, this isn't an obstacle to Jesus building his church. It's actually a new way he wants to do it. And so I think just yeah. reminding people of the vision, um, reminding people that obedience is still required in pandemic, um, and now trying to think of some new strategies as far as all right, how do we how do we reach neighbors now? How do we zoom DBSs? Uh, who are the oikoses that we need to to reach? And it's it's kind of unprecedented now how you know if we're just doing an online church through Zoom, we can share that link with literally anybody anywhere around the world, yeah. and they can join in. Um, and so there's kind of the people that we would have always wanted to invite to church or something, the people that we've always wanted to have kind of a spiritual conversation with now, suddenly it's got an easy invite into something that might be a bit more, um, uh, simpler, I don't know, or easy, easy on-ramp for them. Uh, so we're, we're just throwing out those ideas and trying to pray and fast a ton in the midst of all this. Uh, and, uh, cast cast those anxieties on on the throne because it does feel weighty especially in la this is a great opportunity for us to be able to be a blessing to the broader kingdom um without being a ha i told you so or expecting it has to change everything but man how do we how do we love and bless you know sure and i i agree with you it's not going to change everything mm-hmm. and uh, and we can't expect it to but i do think that it's going to change some things like yeah. that every church right now is pursuing an online an online uh, opportunities is really wild. You know, that in the last 10 days, everyone is streaming their services. You know, so my pastor last week saw people jumping into our service, some of our missionaries from the Philippines, some from 
the Republic of Georgia, he all of a sudden sees that there's a lot bigger body of Christ than just the 100 or 200 or 300 people that gather mm. in one service on Sunday. And, uh, and those kind of things, when every pastor across the country is telling people, you don't have to be at church to be the church, that's going to stick. That's going to be one of those things that just people are going to hold on to at the end of this and say, you know what, we don't have to be there to be part of the body of Christ. So giving churches the tools to engage uh, the, their, their, I would say their fringe element is the ones that aren't really that engaged. The leaders of the church are going to stay doing what churches do. But all those ed, those people on the edge that are frustrated, they're the ones that are going to be prime and ready for discipleship and ready for movement teaching, and with it, maybe they weren't before. I, I think that churches, like what we're doing right now, where we're coming together, and then there has to be some type of care and community element to this that I, I just don't, um, you know, like just, just watching the screen. Like, but but if there, there are those options, you know, and you, and you can pre-assign certain groups during that. But I'm I'd really love to learn from how you guys are doing. I know, I know JT, they had four simple churches at their church and week one, they had 12 and then now they have 19 and then they pivoted to online. And so um, I think you guys are well set up for that. Cause I know you've got a load of people that can facilitate in your church, including your elders. God's tapping you guys on the shoulder to lead out on that. There's a lot of churches that don't know what to do. Hey, Chuck, listen to this quote I, I gleaned. From All right. It says, um, authority and responsibility has just been released to every household. Life stream is going to have a shelf life. Good. Good. Maybe I'm the only one that likes that quote, but I like I it. like that. I, take the live stream part out of that quote. Maybe have separate quotes. Two separate quotes there. Put the live stream on the No Place Left page and the other one on your Facebook page. So for about five minutes, we're going to talk about what did you hear that uh, is important for everyone to hear with the idea of how we are going to multiply. Then Jeff Sundell is going to talk to us a little bit. One of the things I heard in our group I thought was excellent was uh, one of the guys just counseled that we not be so focused on changing the legacy church all at once. Like it looks like it's a moment where everything can change, but if we get so focused on that, we may miss uh, what's right in front of us right now. So uh, I'll share two quick things. Um, Sean over in LA was just speaking about how they're just spending time and fasting and praying and really trying to hear from God as to, okay, what is, what does it look like to multiply right now? I just appreciated that. Because uh, we, we had a lot of conversation of how it's easy for us just to jump in and do and do and do. Uh, we need to hear from him. But then also JT uh, in Long Beach was saying um, just this mindset to think, how are we multiplying multipliers, not just being the ones out there doing everything as well. So I thought those two thought processes were really vital right now. I was encouraged to hear of um Continuing to use ongoing coaching within um, on, within Legacy Church contexts, uh, but just to help uh, leaders in those contexts take one next step, um, which might be, hey, there's you know there's eight home groups or home churches happening, and maybe there's a couple leaders that could grab some other people and see a new church started, and so just taking smaller steps, but um, significant steps towards uh, multiplying through more people. 
Uh, I like that Mary uh, was focusing on uh, just some of the basics. In fact, I thought it was kind of a theme for several in our group. She was talking about um, uh, a practice they've done, prayer and fasting on Wednesdays with Timothy's, and then the first three days of every month as a way to keep that um, as a regular rhythm. And I thought that was really good. And I like what Mark said in um, as he's putting some things out that are more general to attract a wider group. He's always including a filter for those that want to go to the next step so he can focus his time on those that are seriously wanting to move forward. One of the key lessons that I've learned from the army is if you practice a drill over and over and over again, then when you get in the chaos of combat, you will automatically do what you have practiced so many times. And so muscle memory kicks in. Praise God that we've been doing this as long as we have because muscle memory kicks in. But there is a temptation to change when chaos happens. And just stick to the principles and, and look at multiplication as a primary target. Because if we go addition, we're sunk. So let's use the muscle memory that we've developed over all these months and years and just stay the course. Keep our eye on the ball. All right. Jeff, would you uh, address us, please? I don't know how many times over the last nine years, I don't know, since 2009 or whatever, we, we've just wrestled with, you know, how does this work here? You know, we've, we've tried, you know, language. We've tried, you know, what language we use about the church, what language we use about tools, indigenizing tools. And, man, we, we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of reps across America and Europe, for example. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of really, I mean, man, God's used you guys in amazing ways. Um, very humbling when you think about um, the acts of worship through obedience through um, you and many, many, many more, um, you know, and, and what God's done over the years, you know, and we've just been, you know, we look at places like Asia, you know, and probably, man, some of you may know in India that, for example, the persecution has gone up and up and up and you know, you go to Krishnagiri, one of the places, you know, which is an area down in below Bangalore, and there's some pretty cool multiplication occurring, you know, and basically persecution forced um, groups to meet in five or smaller um, because of the level of persecution. And that's sort of spreading across India. Um, actually, the other day I was talking to a guy in Greece and he was wrestling, man, I got like 50 MBBs showing up together and I really need them to get in small groups. And so if we get them in small groups, they could multiply. And we were, we were wrestling through how to do that. And, um, so we talked about doing three thirds and what to do in the groups. And, you know, it's crazy thing is like, he said, he like two hours later, he calls me this first time I ever met him on the phone. He said, there's not gonna believe it. The Greek government just made it illegal for people in to meet in groups of five or more. So five and under is all we can meet. So boom, you know, God used that to sort of solve a problem, you know, so there's obstacles 
out there um, in relation to movement. Some, you know, you go back through the word, you go through fasting and prayer and you dig back and you go back to the word and say, man, what's God need to do here? You know, we, we do everything we can. Words, works, wineskin. Um, but I, I think we're in an unprecedented day. Um, as many of you, you know, know, um, and a, a, a number of us called for a fast January uh, 1 through 31. Some went 1 through 40 days, different networks across the globe. So networks in Africa, the Middle East, America, um, India. And I, I don't know, you know, again, I, I don't know how you put a number on it. I just know, you know, Kumar says, hey, man, everybody in our network is going to fast and pray for 31 days. You know, or Leepuck says, hey, everybody's going to fast and pray. We know 400 and some people signed up and no place left in America to fast and pray. Um, but we had an unprecedented number of people fasting and praying in January and early February. So one of the things I just really feel like we need to do is challenge ourselves to go back and reflect on that time of fasting and prayer because there were two things specifically we were praying for was every people, every place engaged with the gospel of Jesus Christ um, by 2025. That was one thing. The second thing was, you know, sort of Luke 10 too, but Lord, sort of a, a hybrid going, Lord, not only give us the Luke 10 two person, but give us the guys with the Moses syndrome. Give us the guys with the, the Pauline syndrome. Give us the guys with Timothy, you know, Aquila, Priscilla, uh, you know, Apollos, the ones that are going after a whole nation. Um, so I can't help but think that we really ought to reflect back on that time of fasting and prayer in January, um, to just wonder what, what has God done through that? And, and even thinking about the Iranian, uh, church back in January, February, um, having visions and they remobilized the body of Christ with some expectation that something was coming. And I've never heard exactly what, it, you know, has happened since then. Uh, just cause I've been in the fire, like many of y'all, um, in, South Asia in the last couple of days and Greece the weeks before, but, um, you know, realizing the body of Christ in Iran reorganized itself to go after no place left and to go after Afghanistan, to go after other places, you know, and that's just, you know, one little tiny picture of what God's been doing. And so, you know, to me, I think the thing we need to really think about is God God's sovereign, man. He has prepared some people that are going to lead movements. And there's a thing Bruce Carlton used to say is all it takes is one person who plants one church that can lead to a movement. And, and it's really about the person. The, the methods are secondary to the, all this. The methods are good, you know, T for T, four fields, DMM, whatever. But it's really, you know, the person of God that God uses. And this is a time of pruning um, for many of us, a time of uh, suffering, a time of, um, you know, some difficulties counting the costs. And um, so I, I would just challenge this one. Um, I've just wrestled with, um, you know, many of my friends around the globe are under these uh, military curfews and things like this, but just trusting that God has now prepared a person who's going to lead a movement for every people in every place. And what do we need to do to find them? What do we need to do to go out and um, uh, just call them out? Because I mean, a lot of it's just calling them out. And so 
you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speaking sort of from my heart and just wrestling with that fast back in January, February. Um, you know, that just tens and tens of thousands of movement people were involved in and just believe in God's sovereign. And, um, and how do we, how do we respond to them in this moment? So one, how do we love our neighbors? How do we love our oikos? How do we love our spheres of influence? How do we train everybody we can? But are we really looking for that person um, in the scriptures that looks like Paul? Are we looking for the guy who looks like Moses? Are we looking for the guy who looks like Aquila, Priscilla? We're looking for that guy or girl, you know, Apollos, um, the Timothys, the Silas, the Secundus. Um, And so I would just challenge to go back to scripture and just say, we we often think of the maximum. What, What does Paul look like? You know, but what do we think about the minimum? What's the minimum there has to be for a movement leader? Can we identify him? If we can identify him, can we equip him and join God in what he's doing to get to every people in every place by 2025? And, and could this be a moment where God is accelerating what he's trying to do? And so that's just sort of been percolating in my heart. I've been wrestling through this um, through the last, I don't know, couple weeks plus just my own mortality of just going, dang, I, I won't fare well in this thing if I get sick, you know, and at the same time realizing, man, uh, God's sovereign and he's moving. And um, so I just want to challenge you to be aware of, man, maybe God's raising up those guys and girls with that Moses syndrome, that Pauline syndrome. And what are we doing to find them? Are we desperate to find them? It's a needle in a haystack, but God might be using this moment. So um, anyhow, man, love and appreciate you guys. And um, man, just excited to see what God's going to do through this. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a new season. And I don't, I think everything we've ever thought about, I don't know, there's going to be a lot of changes for all of us um, in uh, sort of the legacy church in ministry. I think even life in general, there's going to be a lot of changes and it's going to change society from here on out. And so, you know, I would just challenge that, man, let's, let's lead the way. Let's be, on the front lines of just loving our neighbors, you know, looking around at those around us and just going, how do we love loud? And then allowing our love loud to be that example um, that we have that moment to share the gospel face to face, even though we may not be able to do it right now, but soon we will um, because God's sovereign. He'll bring us through this. So let me read this passage and then uh, Bob, if you would pray for us, Bob Burton. This comes out of John 12, 23 through 26. And it's all about timing. It says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. 
where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone served me, the Father will honor him. And then he continues, now my soul has become troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Bob, pray for us, brother. Father, we just thank you that you have prepared us for such a time as this. It didn't catch you by surprise, and you have been equipping people to lead through this time, to lead through the changes that are coming uh, in, in, in our ways of life and the other things that are happening. God, you prepared a people so that you could be honored and glorified in the midst of the, the trials and tribulations around us. God, I pray for each one of the people on this call, every leader, God, that you would give them great wisdom and that they would hear clearly from you in this during this time, God. Give them creative ways to reach the people around them and to guide their leaders. And Lord, I do pray that you would supernaturally lead us to Paul's and lead us to Timothy's and lead us to Priscilla's and Aquila's and to Moses and, and others, Father God, that would be movement catalysts that will change the world. Let this be the start of an unprecedented harvest like never before seen on this earth. And God, I remember your word says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you lift up the standard, and that standard is Jesus. And we pray, Jesus, that you would be lifted up and highly exalted, and that you would draw many unto you in this time. Lord, would you guide and guard and, and protect us, give us health, and um, just lead us through this time to hear your voice clearly and to be full of your spirit and to share with those around us. God, we just thank you for this fellowship and this opportunity to be together. And we give you all the glory. Be glorified and honored in Jesus' name.